Hey guys, Michael Williams, Selling North Georgia team and Keller Williams Realty. We are here with the Selling North Georgia podcast, episode 10. And Corey and I are going to talk to somebody who's interested in being a new agent. This is a topic that comes up all the time for us. So in light of us recording a podcast, I thought, you know, it'd be great to have this on a podcast so other people can actually listen and um, kind of understand what it takes to, to become an agent and, and you know, all the same questions that people have when they're starting a new career or at least considering something new. So, so we're going to record it. Corey Shields, Austin Brock, and Michael Williams. Let's go to it. Austin, talk to us. Okay. So just one of the first things I really wanted to ask was, um, how did you really kind of get into real estate? What made you realize uh, this is what I want to do and this is what I want to make my career? Um, so if you could just start that so I could see like how your mind was at that point. Um, I mean, that'd be that'd be great. So that'd be good. Episode one of the Selling North Georgia podcast. <laughs> we did talk about that a little bit, but um, but yeah, I'll review it here. So. I first got interested in real estate when I was in college and I was looking for one more business elective. I was a marketing major and so I wanted to go to business to business sales and, and do marketing and, and outside sales. That was what I wanted to go do. And so I needed one more elective and I needed it to be easy because I was burnt out and tired of school and I was ready to go to the workforce. So. Uh, so I took a real estate class and it just made so much sense to me. The class before that one was finance. And while I completely understand finances today, at that time in my life, I was 22 years old, 23 years old. The finance class just didn't make sense to me from an investment standpoint. There's stocks and, and bonds and, you know, all those things. And so when I started listening to the real estate teacher, I was just like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. So, so that's when I first got interested in real estate as an industry. Right? So then I loved it, but I didn't really take any action. And so um, I already had a job from NCR, National Cash Register, uh, when I was graduating from college. They actually hired me the last semester of college. So like before that semester started, I knew I had a gig. And so I was just trying to limp to the finish line and just get my degree and go to work. And so went to work for NCR. I was flying all over the country and then I ran into a guy in Bentonville, Arkansas that um, I was actually working out funny, not today, but this was 20 years ago, right? <laughs> once upon a time. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time, I actually did work out. So I was working out and um, we were playing basketball. And, and then after the, um, after we played and headed to the locker rooms and stuff, he pulled out this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad and was like, Hey, you should, you should read this book. So he throws me the book and I read the book there and it was just a, a really a mindset book, not really a nuts and bolts of how to do real estate, but it was a mindset book of this is how you invest in real estate is a great vehicle, but you got to get your mind right. And so, so I read that book and I'm like, Oh, real estate. Yeah. My class was awesome. And now I've got this book that's like getting me motivated. And so that's kind of the beginnings of it. So I was really an investor for a decade before I got my license. And then in 2011, um, I really wanted to be an agent because I just didn't feel like I was getting the service that I wanted from the agents that I was working with. I felt like there was something more to be had. And because of my marketing background and my business to business sales experience, I, I kind of brought both of those worlds together to the real estate industry and started applying some of those principles to being a real estate agent. So um, developed a marketing plan, started using that to sell listings, developed um, relationships like I did in the B2B world, started like understanding that those relationships are what matter. What would your best advice be to kind of get that started at an age that I'm at? Okay. Or it's like at a younger age, how would you go about starting that? How old are you? 19? 20. 20. Okay. So 
the first step, so let's just talk about tactics for a minute. When it comes to getting your real estate license, you have to pass a state test. So you have to take a class inside of whichever state you want your license in. All the licensing is done at the state level. So you can be a Tennessee agent and not a Georgia agent, or you can be Georgia and not Tennessee, right? So it really depends on where you want to work. So I want to work in Georgia. So you go to the Georgia Real Estate Commission's website and they have a list of all these people who teach classes. And so you got to take that class, you got to pass that test. Then you have to take the state licensing test. And once you pass that, you're licensed. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're ready to go sell real estate, but you technically can, right? That, that class and that state test teaches you how to basically obey the rules not necessarily how to be a good real estate agent, right? So as far as the direct answer to your question, you really need to figure out what is your best way of learning because I took the class online and that was great for me. My, my best way to learn was online at my own speed. And so I was able to kind of just buckle down, sit through it two weeks in. I finished the class, took the test, got my license. So it took me about three weeks, but I literally did nothing else, nothing. And so I enjoyed the online practice. I've got a friend who hates learning online, just can't stay focused, didn't enjoy it at all. So he's tried to do the online thing, didn't like it. So he decided to go take a class in person in Woodstock. And so he went down there and took the class in person and loved it and learned so much. And it's the same material. It's just a different like venue or different way of learning it. So you got to figure out what's best for you. How, how can you learn the best and then go do that. So online, in person, there's a hybrid. There's several different ways you can go about it. Something I would add to that too, is uh, I was thinking about this earlier, which is very strange considering <laughs> we're now having this conversation, but the real estate test itself, it is so funny to me how, like you said, it teaches you how to do things correctly maybe, but doesn't teach you how to be good. And not only does it not teach you how to be good, it doesn't teach you how to, like a lot of people don't think of being a real estate agent as a, an entrepreneur but that is absolutely what it is and that test or course or whatever is not going to teach you any of that stuff so i would tell someone alongside the real estate learnings find some other resource that is more involved with like growing a business entrepreneurship um, a sales funnel how to go from meeting someone on day one and kind of pushing them along and getting to a close or whatever business you're in um that piece of the puzzle, I feel like 99% of people are just kind of lost with. So would you say that's the biggest kind of um, kind of misconception is that once you get a license, you can just do real estate and go at it, do your own thing? Would yeah, you people, say that's what it is? People expecting the phone to start ringing mm -hmm. just because they passed the test. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if the phone does ring and it, they want to buy something, it's like, Oh, good. Now what? <laughs> like, what form do I use? Like, what do I do? Right. So, um, I was about to go off down the rails, but what's, what's the next thought? Oh, I was, I was going to ask the first answer was just so good. It already answered it, but I was going <laughs> to ask like, what were some of the things that you think were most important for real estate besides that license? Mm -hmm. But so, I mean, you kind of already answered all that, I guess. I think the thing that is most important above all is to remember that being a real estate agent means you are an agent. What the definition of agency is that you're looking out for someone else's best interest, right? So a lot of times I want to get my license because I want to make a lot of money or I want to get my license because it looks like a cool job, right? And all that is true and good, but 
your primary job is to be an agent. You have to to serve the other person. So one of the things that gets overlooked a lot of times is just the definition of agency, right? Like I have to do what's in the best interest of the other party. And sometimes that means not getting paid. And sometimes that, that means looking somebody in the eye and saying, you don't need to buy a house. You need to rent for another two years till we can get a better credit score, get money saved up, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that you probably got to remember is is that agency part and you can sum it up with the word care you literally just need to care about that person if you care about that person that'll that'll accomplish or that'll help you miss 88 percent of the problems right so so there's that and then the other thing is just um understanding the value of the relationship like i said earlier um most agents don't use a database they use their phone and like if you're in my contacts list in my phone that's my database you can use software that helps you manage that database right it's one thing for me to know corey it's another thing for me to know corey know how long it's been since i talked to corey know what we talked about last time remember what his needs were have information about where he lives and what the value of his house is and and what his aspirations are for the next 10 years and so when when i see something come up hey corey i know that you said to me three years ago that you you planned on moving to a bigger house well hey this house just popped up looks like it's a really good deal and your neighborhood is really high right now so maybe it would be a good time for you to sell this and buy that you'll never know that if your phone is your database right now you can know that if you take good notes and you put it into the software system that tells you those things. So those those things are key. And something that I think branches off the caring. I've heard a lot of people considering real estate or first getting into it. They they'll make the comment like, "Oh, I could sell anything to anybody." You know, some sort of clever little saying that means that. <laughs> and uh, ice to an Eskimo. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There's one. <laughs> something about ketchup and popsicles. Water to a man right. in the desert. I, I, yeah, yeah, all those things. Um, but I think when people say that they have the wrong idea of what's really going on here. Um, they're thinking of it as like hard selling, which Michael just talked for a few minutes about how it is the opposite of that. I would say caring when you're trying to sell someone that is kind of in your interest and not so much theirs. Um, so I do not consider this a sales job. Uh, the only thing I feel like I'm ever selling is just me, the person or the team, um, and just selling the idea that we are trustworthy, I guess, which, which, which develops in time. Yeah. So people, you know, when they're thinking about the typical salesman, the, uh, you know, outspoken, very charismatic sort of character, what does it take to get you in this car today? Yeah. Yeah. That guy, um, <laughs> nobody on this team is that way. Um, I don't know of any agent that's that way or any really good one that's that way. So, um, yeah, I, I would say a lot of people just kind of go into it with the wrong mindset. It's it's not selling in that sense. Okay, so what's something that you do? Um, really, just from it can be from both of you. Um, every day you make sure you have this. Like you just make sure you have it done. It's just something that you have to do every day to make sure. I guess your day goes as planned. Um, something that y'all do. Uh, you start. All right. So I try to start every day with the acronym SAVERS. And so there is an S for basically silence. For me, that means prayer. There's a book called The, um, the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Buy that book, read that. That will tell you how to start your day. If I do my morning that way, the rest of the day always goes better. On the days that I don't do those things, 
my day is not nearly as productive but so the s is for silence so like i i use that as prayer time for me um the a is affirmation so like it's affirming what i want to get done so for me that's um yeah there's there's a list of five goals that i write down every day that i want to have happen this year and so like it's constantly getting me focused on my goals v is visualize so i try to visualize what a successful day looks like for me that day and so I think about, okay, all the appointments today, like, okay, I got to meet Austin at four o'clock and you know, what does success look like from that conversation, right? E is exercise, which I don't do enough of. And I skip that one often because I don't have <laughs> enough time. And, and we just joined Planet Fitness as a, as a team. The Selling North Georgia team now officially has a Planet Fitness membership so that I can not skip that one. And that uh, people around here will start holding me accountable and say, <laughs> hey, exercise, that's part of the deal, right? And then um, the R, what is the R? Read. So um, read my Bible every morning. And then um, the S is scribe at the end. So journal. So basically, if I can get those things out of my head, journal them down on a piece of paper, then, then I do the savers routine. I have a great day almost every time. So that's my daily ritual. From a work perspective, it's to make sure that I spend at least 15 minutes at the end of the day going back through my phone, seeing how many contacts I made today. So I count all my contacts. It does two things. Number one, it lets me know if I was productive today or not. But number two, it reminds me like, oh man, I didn't call Mike back. Ah, I got to call Austin again. Or oh, let me respond to this text to Austin real quick. If I do that every day, I have a lot less missed opportunities. So, um, so the first thing that I do uh, when I wake up, which you probably heard plenty of people say this, and I, when I heard it, I thought it seemed a little silly, but turns out it totally makes sense as I get up and I make my bed. That's my first small victory. The way that yes, I feel just doing that little thing makes me feel better than if I didn't do it. So um, do that once I get in here, um, which is usually around nine o'clock. Um, we are very big on having our blocked out time for our follow ups and, and uh, prospecting and that sort of thing, because that's that there are no such thing as closings without that piece of the puzzle on the front end. So we put a lot of emphasis on that. Um, and again, kind of in the direction of small victories, I really like the feeling of writing down the things that I need to do by, you know, the end of the day or whatever, and being able to check them off again, for some reason, just seeing that it, it is motivating on its own. Yeah. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. Oh, and one thing I don't do is I never look at social media before I get here. I have found that that taints really my brain in some way. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if that makes sense, but I just don't like other people invading my thoughts before I get here. Oh, that's so good. I didn't know that. That's really good. Yeah. Turn it off. Right. Don't need it. I've got another little tidbit to add. So let's say you get your license. You, you've done the class, you've done the state test. You are officially a licensed real estate agent, right? The first decision you got to make is who am I going to work for? Right? So there are a lot of good brokerages out there. Uh, a lot of times I will talk about where I've been in the past and, and how I made that decision and why I made the decision to be where I'm at now. So I will just tell you that each brokerage has its own pros and cons. And so you have to decide for yourself, which one of these is most important, right? Um, for me, when I first made my decision, I chose my brokerage based on the fact that they had a ton of support around me, right? I was working full time doing something else 
and I needed to be able to walk into the office, pick up the folder, walk out of the office and go sell something and or meet with somebody or consult with them or whatever it may be. So I needed to have the, the information already put together so I could just go meet with them. So there were people at the office to do all that kind of stuff, right? And so then once I got a listing or once we got a contract, I would take that back to the office and hand that to somebody else and they would actually put it in the computer and do all that work, right? So that was really important to me as a strong support staff. Um, over time, I started building my own team, started doing all of those things myself. So that support from the brokerage became less important. So when I chose to come to Keller, I made it a, a very important piece of the puzzle was education. I want to learn what Corey was talking about a minute ago when he was talking about entrepreneurship and how to build a business. I had built a couple of businesses prior to that. I owned a hair salon, I owned an advertising agency. I flipped a bunch of houses and that in and of itself is like a business. So, um, so I'd been around the business world, but I didn't really understand how to build a team inside of real estate as an agent. And um, Keller Williams, Gary Keller wrote a book called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, which is kind of a misnomer. It probably shouldn't have been called that really. It should have just been called this is how you build a business in the agency world, right? Like it's a terrible yeah. name for it, but that's literally what it is. The word millionaire is a cool little buzzword, but that it, makes you pick up the book. It makes you pick up the book, but it actually <laughs> is just telling you these are the systems and models to build a good business in real estate, right? Um, it's literally not about the money. It's about what that money provides you. And so building that big business to me was important because it of what it gave me. The money's great, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that we are able to do what we do with the money here, so that's great. But it really provides me time with my family. It provides me quality of life that I wouldn't have if we didn't make this kind of money. So, um, so when you read The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, it just talks about systems and models that you can build. And I was missing that piece. And so it's one thing to have the book in your hand, which I already had. I've actually had the book since, gosh, probably 2005 or six. But the book came to life when I actually switched to Keller and started going to classes. Education is a big component of Keller Williams. So, so I went there for that. I also wanted opportunity to have some ownership in the franchise. And so there's a long list of things I had to do to, to become an owner in the franchise. And so, um, so that was important to me. I felt like the upside was so huge that I would miss it. And then for me, and this may not be the same for everybody, but for me, when I met with one of the investors in the franchise, one of the owners of the franchise, he showed me a folder after we were talking, he didn't even mean to show me this, but after we were talking, he turned the folder over and we were just sitting there talking and I saw the back of it. And it basically said that Keller Williams mission was God, family, then business. And that's exactly how I live my life. Like literally on my Twitter feed since 2009, it says God, family, business. And so when I saw that, I'm like, oh my goodness, like that's exactly how I believe. So our belief system lined up perfectly. So that was the moment when I decided that it was the right move for me. And, you know, I, I still like the guys from the place order before we, you know, we, we had a great relationship, but I just felt like there was something more. So anyway, it's an important decision to make what brokerage you go to, right? Then the other thing you got to decide is, do I want to be a solo agent or do I want to be on a team? I like the team model because there's an old book a long time ago, Adam Smith, what wrote the wealth of nations. And so it just talks about, um, the division of labor in that book. And that, that concept makes a lot of sense to me. So 
that applies to the real estate world and the division of labor in that Corey is great at being an agent. He can go list property, he can meet with people, he can tell people what they what he thinks the value is and he can back that up as to why he thinks the value is that way. But then when it comes time to market the property, we have a marketing person. From what I can tell, based on what I've seen in this landscape, our team's the only team that has a designated marketing person that her only job is marketing. Literally, that's it, right? So that's her one job. My job is the CEO of this company. My job is to run the organization, right? I am the chief executive officer. So that means I do things like meet with builders. I go to things like chamber of commerce functions and I, I go meet with people and build relationships to then fill their pipelines with, right? That's my job. Angie is our operations manager. She runs the entire operations side of the business, right? So underneath her, there's a transaction coordinator who literally does nothing but the transactions. So her job is when Corey brings in a listing, hands it to Alyssa, she does the work, right? So we've created our team in a way that, that utilizes the idea of division of labor. And so we are all really good at our one thing, and then we can go be excellent at that one thing. Really hard to compete. If you want to list your house and you meet with me and I come in there or Corey comes in there and I lay that out and you have 11 people that work for you for the same price or very close to the same price, it's going to be really hard for you then to meet with somebody after me who's one person that does all of those jobs, right? That's just, wow. Yeah. It is overwhelming when, when, when it's just you, just yeah. a solo agent. Yeah. And, you know, solo agents, there are plenty of good solo agents out there, right? Like, I totally get it. It's just hard to be really good at understanding values of property, really good at being a marketer, really good at detailed paperwork, right? To make, this is the biggest transaction in most people's lives. You mess up one little thing in that paperwork and that's a big deal. Like that could be the difference in thousands of dollars, right? Okay, so you gotta be really good at that. Then you have to be at all of these places at the same time, right? inspections, appraisals, you got to make sure the appraiser shows up on time. You got to make sure the appraiser's got the code. My goodness, there's just so much to, to comprehend and they like put all together. Really hard to compete when that's one person's job, literally. Make sure that this transaction goes smoothly. It's her job. Then we also have Kaylee. She answers the phone. Like So you can imagine if you're selling 200 homes a year, which we're on the pace to do, you know, 190 something I think is our pace right now in a year. That's a lot of moving parts, right? So. Kaylee, literally her job is to answer the phone and make sure that everybody gets the call that they need to get. Right? So hard to compete with a team. So that's a that's a, a way that the industry as a whole is starting to go. You can look across the national landscape um, in real estate agencies across the country and the top producing agents are, they're all running a team. And most of the transactions now across the country getting done by teams, you know, so. Is that something you've thought about solo versus team? Um, honestly, I, I thought it would be a lot easier as a solo, but from from y'all just explaining it how it was, um, that that is that can be overwhelming. It sounds like to have all these jobs that you have to do, and you you can't be here, here, and here, and here all at the same time, like right. y'all said. So I mean, the agency thing is that's just that sounds way better now and i didn't even i didn't even notice that honestly mm -hmm. most people don't don't feel bad i mean i can't tell you the number of times i've been in a closing and somebody sees the check the commission check you know it's typically three percent of whatever the sales price is right sales price is a hundred thousand six thousand of that is commission and three thousand of that goes to one agent three thousand goes to the other agent and 
you know, looks like we made really good money because that person only talked to us like, you know, seven or eight times, right? So they're thinking, oh, this guy's making 150 bucks an hour, right? <laughs> it looks easy. And if we did our job well, it is easy for you, right? The seller's like, oh man, you make so much money. This is amazing. It does look easy, but man, behind it is a well-oiled machine that that has all the parts we just talked about. And so if we do our job well, you do think we make good money and it's easy, easy money. When you start looking under the hood, you start seeing all those things happening. I never so. thought about it like that. Like if somebody says, oh man, you really worked hard for this, that that's kind of what you don't want to hear because that 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 kind of implies that they uh they were going through some rough times with you right yeah if it was a nice smooth easy transaction to them and you like wanted to pull your hair out because there's so much going on in the backside, but they thought it was a good smooth easy transaction that's the ultimate right like that that's how you know you did a really good job yeah is it harder to build connections with people or to finally like get people to decide on a like a house or a property or to come see something come see a certain property or is it harder to build that connection with them you're saying meeting someone and and establishing that they're a client versus servicing them from start to finish mm -hmm. um i guess for me yeah the, the the first meeting and and kind of getting that trust and making that connection um it can be difficult because the you know the truth is we don't all perfectly mesh with everybody like you can be a likable person but i promise someone doesn't like you mm -hmm. um so, so i mean you're going to encounter that at some point so um i would say yeah there, there can be some difficulty in that but um i find when i first meet someone i really try to just keep the words coming and coming and coming and getting their guard to come down and then establishing that trust um so I guess I would say that piece of the puzzle for me, I'm most focused on what I'm doing. After that, the because of the well-oiled machine that Michael was talking about, it's generally a little smoother. Okay. I'll say this too, um, not every client is your client. So understand that, I, mean, I, I don't have a problem letting someone excuse themselves from me in the relationship. Like when we do that con consultation I was talking about, we, we meet that first time. There have been times when I have said to them, listen, I don't think this is a good fit. There are other agents in this office. I'd love to introduce you to them. Might be a better fit. Or here's my property manager. Let's go find something to rent first. Like it's okay. You don't have to take every client, right? So speaking to that a little bit, sometimes it's just not meshing well, right? Sometimes the relationship's just not going to happen, right? So it's okay. You don't have to take every client. I want to work with the people who want to work with me and I want, I want to build those relationships with people that I like. And, you know, a lot of times I get along with people well. And, and so, yeah, that speaks to the size of our database. We've got, I don't know, 4,200, 4, 4,000, somewhere around there in our database. And so, so building that relationship to me is actually pretty easy, but really you can always find somebody a house, right? Now, is it going to be a perfect fit for them? All that kind of stuff. Sometimes people have expectations that don't fit. And so you have to tell them, hey, I know you want a four bedroom, three bath house that has a garage and a swimming pool for $100,000, <laughs> but they don't exist, right? So helping them in that consultation part, understand what their expectations are. And then if they have reasonable expectations, there are dozens of ways to find a house. Corey is great at finding houses that are not on the market, right? So if I'm a guy that's looking for a house that's not on the market and I tell Corey this is what I'm wanting and he says well that should be doable and we look on the MLS and it's not there 
I have no doubt Corey's going to go find it. He's really good at finding houses, whether that's knocking on a door, cold calling somebody, um, looking in Facebook Marketplace. There are dozens of places to go find homes, not just the MLS. And Corey does a tremendous job at that. And most of our agents do, actually. So, you know, we will go find your house. The house part is actually easy. If you have legitimate expectations, we will find you the house. The relationship actually could be a little bit harder. All right. Well, if you have no other questions, then we will wrap this thing up. Um, if you do have any questions and you've watched this video and you're like, oh, we should have asked this question, then feel free to reach out to us. Um, probably the best way to get the Selling North Georgia team is the phone number 706-459-3107. That is the main office line. If you're calling Selling North Georgia direct at 706-271-6549, or you can email us at info at sellingnorthgeorgia.com, all spelled out, no abbreviations, no dots or dashes. Info at sellingnorthgeorgia.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.